We know you want to be just like us. You're listening to Advice Saturday on WTKI Talk. This is Talk Radio for Entrepreneurs. Look, it's a pretty simple idea. If you keep doing things the way you've always done them, you're going to keep getting the results you've always gotten. If you want different results, do something different. Here's your host, Tom Rigsby. Hey there, everybody. Good morning. Happy Saturday. My name is Tom Rigsby, Huntsville's business coach. This is Talk Radio for Entrepreneurs, the only show on the radio where we talk about how to start, grow, and enjoy the benefits of business ownership. The first show in the Talk Saturday lineup right here on WTKI, and always my pleasure to have you join us here. If this is the first time you are joining us, welcome. We appreciate it. We're here every Saturday morning at 8. We'd love it if you would come by and visit us each and every Saturday morning. If you don't have one, I would suggest you grab a cup of coffee, maybe from our friends over at Old Town Coffee. We'll hear more about those when we come back from them when we come back from the first break. But grab a cup of coffee, maybe a pen and a notepad, um, maybe you want to jot it down on your phone, but really, you know, something, something tangible, some paper would be good. Personally, I carry around, um, I mentioned this lately, I carry around a composition book, I had big stacks of them over here, um, by my desk so that I, I can, I can make notes. I can, I can jot down those notes, those things that I hear, the things that are important. I can make note of those and come back to them. That's some, we're going to have some great ones. This is, I'm so excited for this show today. Um, Over the last week, my my good friend uh, who happens to be a life coach uh, lives out in, in California. He came and visited for a while. And while he wasn't able to be here today, we were able to record um, portions of the show today. And we've got a great show and a great overtime segment good stuff going on here today uh you you'll want to you'll definitely want to take advantage of that before we get to that one thing that i wanted to bring up maybe two i don't know we'll see i was going to bring up the uh the debate but i think we've beaten that horse to death and frankly most of the most accurately descriptive words that go along with that we can't say on the radio so i'm going to move on to um the this continuation of our stay-at-home order yes that's right in case you haven't heard the governor decided that it would be in our best interests to continue the uh, safer at home order which you know (laughs) got plenty of nicknames for don't we i would love to hear some of your nicknames by the way head head over to the website or or hit me up on twitter maybe that maybe, maybe that's better i don't talk about twitter very much Hit me up over on Twitter, Tom Rigsby, all one word, smashed up together, T-H-O-M, Tom Rigsby on Twitter. Tell me what uh, what some of your favorite nicknames for the mask order are. Um, But at any rate, extended it about five or six weeks until after the election so that we can go vote in safety and be sure that we're safe. I, you know... As I heard somebody say the other day, oh, yeah, that's right, the uh, the president during the debates. People are smart. They can social distance and wash their hands. We know what we're doing. 
we're all grown-ups right all right so uh at any rate that's going on and that you know here's why i brought that up even if we do the best job we can building a business running a business picking the team putting the systems in place sales marketing finance all the things that we have to do to build a strong business we still have to to run that business to play that game in the context of the market and the market is made up of um, your competition the economy and regulation and this is a you know a ever-present form of regulation right now which is having this continuing impact on the economy so this is why many i don't have to tell you this you understand this many businesses are um suffering they're stuck they're they're challenged by these continuing conditions and they're just trying to find a way to survive trying to make some sense of it that's where my friend jesse's going to come in Jesse's going to come in with us after the break, and uh, there's some segments that we recorded while he was here. Talk to us about how we look at these things, how we make sense of the things that don't make sense to us, put some context around it, and then once we understand, once we adopt the mindset that we need to have in order to be successful and continue on, then we can get back to the business of solving problems for other people at a profit that's what we do we're business owners we're problem solvers we're entrepreneurs hence talk radio for entrepreneurs we're going to take a quick break grab a cup of coffee pencil and a piece of paper we'll be back with more talk radio for entrepreneurs right after this this is jonathan hard from h2l solutions and you're listening to talk radio for entrepreneurs I'm Brian. And I'm Tim. Join us for Beer Guys Radio every Saturday right after Cigar Dave on WTKI. You know, the difference between a business and a hobby is with a business, you get paid. FreshBooks makes small business invoicing and billing so simple, you'll be amazed at the time you have to focus on doing what you love and how much faster you get paid. Who would have thought invoice software could do that to get your free trial of fresh books and find out more visit talkradioforentrepreneurs.com and click on the partners button when you're starting a business there are lots of things to worry about whether your company is formed correctly shouldn't be one of them zen business gives you the expert support you need to form run and grow a successful business to find out more about starting a business for as little as $49 plus state fees with Zen Business, head over to talkradioforentrepreneurs.com and click on the Partners button. If your company's website is one of the 30% running on WordPress, then you need WP Engine. They've developed a solution that gives your website high availability, speed, scalability, and security. Find out all the details and get connected with their award-winning support team by heading over to talkradioforentrepreneurs.com and click on the Partners button.
This is Talk Radio for Entrepreneurs. Here's your host and my pop, Tom Rigsby. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Talk Radio for Entrepreneurs, the only show on the radio. You know what the rest of it is. The only show where we talk about how to start, grow, and enjoy the benefits of business ownership. And it's always a pleasure. You know, this is one of the things I like to point out. You know, how we can start, grow, and enjoy the benefits of business ownership. Having my granddaughter, Lindley, welcome you back to the show every every Saturday morning. is just such an amazing benefit. I love hearing her do that. Uh, I hope you do too. My name's Tom Rigsby, Huntsville's business coach and host for the next hour. Uh, joining me in the studio today is Jesse Mogul. Before we get to Jesse, though, I want to remind you uh, about our friends over at Old Town Coffee. Sarah and the gang over there do a great job of keeping everyone well caffeinated here. It is the fuel that runs everything here at WTKI, and we appreciate their support. They are open for uh, takeout, and if there's a couple of chairs open outside, you can grab one of those and sit and enjoy your coffee. Everything from um, brewed espresso drinks, cold stuff, cold brewed teas, muffins, it's all there. You should just go by and check it out. 511 Pratt Avenue, just west of the Five Points intersection. Old Town Coffee. Tell Sarah and the gang there we said hi. All right. So joining me here in the studio this morning, my good friend Jesse Mogul visiting with us from L.A. And that does not mean lower Alabama. (laughs) It means Los Angeles. Hey, Jesse. Good to be here, Tom. You know, uh, I'm really... Why, why aren't we doing this show at the coffee shop? That's my question now because I heard muffins and pastries and I know now I'm now I'm triggered. Now my belly is growling. I know. Well, we can't sit inside. That's the biggest problem. We used to do a show from there uh, every week, but they're not able to have it. They're not able to host us inside yet. Maybe that'll change soon. Maybe it will. Maybe it, it will. And it has a lot to do with what we were talking about yesterday, too, and just how much business has changed around the country since the pandemic started and, and what people's avenues for success are going to start looking like moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and, and how we can adapt to those changing fields. But before we get into that, just quick introduction of uh, Jesse Mogul and what you do. Boy, Jesse Mogul, I am an NLP master trainer. I've recently featured on Fox and NBC San Antonio talking about college success habits, of which I have a podcast called College Success Habits. I have a best-selling book called College Success Habits. I also have another podcast called From Sobriety to Recovery, where I help people go from the act of quitting whatever their addiction might be in in sobriety all the way into addiction recovery because they are not the same. Uh, as I mentioned before, I'm an NLP master trainer. NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is the lost uh, owner's manual for the brain. We really figure out ways to go inside the brain and change your perceptions of yourself and others around you. It's, it's an absolutely fantastic field. Uh, I feel like I got to get better at these bios because uh, I start rattling myself off in about five minutes from now. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention I once did 12,000 miles around the country on a motorcycle, spread my mom's ashes all around places that she found beautiful. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to as many of those as possible How about that. I'm sure they'll come up as we talk. So, you know, one of the things that we, we talk about here on the show a lot is that uh, entrepreneurs tend to see the world differently than non-entrepreneurs and that we have a tendency to see opportunities where other people see obstacles and if you even if you just go to the dictionary and look up the word opportunity it defines it as a set of circumstances so we all face a similar set of circumstances and you you know we were 
and joking around there a minute ago about the coffee shop, but it's true, right? I mean, they had a thriving business. We were doing a, a show out of the coffee shop. I mean, everything's rocking and rolling. And then the COVID, right? Um, and that set of circumstances changed for almost everybody, oh, literally overnight. Yeah. I mean, you were telling me uh, yesterday about how your circumstances changed almost literally overnight. Um, so, so from a mindset perspective, you know, if NLP is the, the lost owner's manual for the mind, how can we take, I mean, change is hard anyway, right? How can we take this rapid fire? Now you can be open. Now you can't, now you can have half the tables. Now you can only do pickup or, or whatever the case may be. How do we handle that? Loving the question. The first response I want to have, whether it's within NLP or not, is the idea that what you said about entrepreneurs is that we see opportunities where other people see problems. I think Mm -hmm. there's an inherent um, issue that many humans have where the problem becomes the majority of the focus and not the solution. Right. You know, with NLP, we learned that because we live our lives with all these pictures and these tiny little movies in our brains, instead of looking at the problem that caused the situation in your life, you start to look at other ways that you could just see that picture. Right. So what one thing that you thought once was bad, you could actually change your perception of that memory to at least be more positive. Right. Trauma is trauma. Bad things happen to people. You can't change the fact that bad things happen to you, but you can at least change your perception about what it was that happened then and how you're perceiving it now. Because we make it through all of these things at some point in a year from now, we're all going to laugh about how funny it was that we all had to wear masks so much. But the problem that we're having now is that we haven't made it to a year from now. Right. So we just need to start looking for ways that we can radically change our perception of how success looks to us. So one of the examples I like to use a lot is going to the bank. And I, I typically use this with expectations. But I, I, would, I would say the difference between perspective and expectations is just time, right? Perspective is what's happening right now. Expectations is what you expect to happen. If I go to the bank and I expect it to take five minutes and it takes 15, I come out and I'm an unhappy guy. If I go to the bank and I expect it to take 30 and it takes 15, I'm a super happy guy. In both cases, it took 15 minutes. The only difference was the expectation that I projected on that interaction, right? And so it's the same with perspective, right? Okay, I'm shut down, right? I, I can't, I have to close the dining room. Well, you know, we don't do delivery, so I guess we'll just close the doors, right? It's... But, but you have to change your perspective. And I think if there's something good to come out of the COVID and these lockdowns and these, these shifting abilities um, to, to operate, it's for the businesses that survive, it's developed in them an ability to change their perspective. Mm-hmm. We were talking about something called PACE recently. It's Primary Alternative Contingency Emergency. And you were talking about that in the scope of how Alabama is set to prepare late tornadoes and bad weather things. Right. No one can be faulted for not thinking that one day 
a pandemic would happen and their business would have to close down. Right. But now that, so let's move past the, why wasn't I prepared for this scenario and that question and all this move through it. We have, this hasn't happened. We weren't ever expecting it. So now we know that it can happen. Now you can be held at fault as a small business owner. If you do not have a primary alternative contingency and an emergency plan in place moving forward, if you had never seen a tornado in your life, how would you know to be prepared for it? But once you've seen it once, you better be prepared for it the second time. So I think this is where it's an excellent opportunity for business owners, for people in their own lives to think about what happens if the ground shakes again like this and my entire world gets thrown topsy-turvy. What steps have I put in place to at least acclimate to the quote-unquote new normal? Well, and and you have, you know, being in California, you guys deal with earthquakes, wildfires are kind of the, pardon the pun, kind of the rage right now. Um, we deal with tornadoes and ice storms. Those are our two big things, right? And so for those of us that were here in 2011, when you had, you know, this outbreak of tornadoes come through, take out all three primary feeds into North Alabama and all of the north end of the state is dark, right? We can prepare for that event with a, a perspective that somebody who just moved here two years ago doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Their whole experience with tornadoes is, well, everybody gets worked up about it and the the local news goes wall to wall with weather until it's over and then nothing ever happens. Well, I know because I was here that, yeah, some, most of the time, maybe nothing happens, but sometimes, you know, it's bad Mm -hmm. and and the effects of that last for, you know, in that case, a, a week or two. Um, and so, and for some people who are hit directly months, right? Um, so yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, and I get it. We, we may not have known that there was uh, a pandemic coming in February and March of 2020, but clearly the signs were out there. We should have had a contingency plan for a long-term business interruption. Right. You, you don't buy insurance because you know something bad's going to happen. You buy insurance because something bad could happen. Right. I have car insurance on my Hyundai Santa Fe. has not been in an accident one. To me, I could look at that as that's four years of paying insurance. It was a waste. But I was investing in the security of knowing that if something bad did happen, not only would my car get fixed, that it wouldn't cost me out of pocket. Right. right? This is what we're talking about now. You don't know that this is ever going to happen again, but it could happen again. And you, you know, the coffee shop. Okay, you can't let people indoors. Is there a way to set your stuff up outside? Is there a way to put it in the back of a vehicle with a generator and drive around to people's homes and deliver coffee? It might sound absurd, but if you care enough about keeping your business open, you might be driving around with a pickup in an espresso machine in the back of your pickup truck with a generator. I don't know. I don't know, but to, to not even think about that option, to not even to test the waters of what would that would look like, I mean, that's that's where the good entrepreneurs will have a business in six months and the, and the ones who don't want to step outside the box won't. Well, that's if you're not, if a failure to prepare is preparing to fail. Yes. All right. Um, time flies when you're having fun. We're up on the first break already. That was, how does this happen to us? I know. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, pay some of the bills here. We'll be back to continue our conversation with Jesse Mogul right here on Talk Radio for Entrepreneurs right after this. Don't go away. Every business owner would love to have more business. And for more than 15 years, AWeber's opt-in emailing software has helped more than 120,000 businesses just like yours 
increase profits, and build long-lasting customer relationships. You can get a free test drive of the AWeber platform and see just how easy it is to get started by visiting talkradioforentrepreneurs.com slash partners. This is Andy Alvarez from McAmey Medical, and you're listening to Talk Radio for Entrepreneurs. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Talk Radio for Entrepreneurs. My name is Tom Rigsby, your host this hour. And uh, in the studio visiting with me this morning is Jesse Mogul. Um, we, we started talking in the last uh, segment before the break about um, preparing, right? And and just the mindset of of preparing. And, and I just, just to put a bow on that, and then we'll move quickly into the next parts. There can be this idea that, well, I'm, I'm not going to worry about that. If that happens, it, it happens, but I'm not, I'm not spending a whole lot of time worrying about that. I've got actual real paying customers here in front of me. I need to spend time dealing with them. And I, and I just kind of skimmed across it on the way out to the break, but failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Things are going to happen. Yes. And we have to, have to think through them. Not for the, the purpose of focusing on them, but for the purpose of considering that they might happen, right? So, so let's talk about how we do that, right? Um, you and I went through this exercise yesterday. We were talking about our, our businesses, our markets, our content. Um, how do you go about preparing yourself and setting the mindset that something might happen and, and I need to prepare for that. How do you even get started with that? Well, what I loved about we did, and you know, I work with people in sobriety and recovery. I work with people in college. I also do a, a lot of great work with realtors. I mean, you start looking at problems. If you go up high enough, a bird's eye view, all the problems end up being exactly the same. Yeah. And so you, and, and again, what you were just saying about the coffee shop, I have actual paying customers in front of me. I can't deal with a scenario that may never occur. I'm not saying shut your doors, kick all the customers out and then sit there and come up with a contingency plan right there. But what are you doing at the dinner table with your spouse or your business partners or your employees? There are opportunities to at least sit down and write down what are potential problems that we could face that could cost us our business. And then just start hashing through what some of those things could look like. When 9-11 went down and, and Mayor Giuliani had never prepared for planes flying into Twin Towers, it wasn't like New York just went around with chicken with their head cut off. They had worked out so many other scenarios that could happen that they were able to start pulling from those different scenario action plans that they had and then just start piecing together one that would work in this scenario. But at least they had talked about problems right. that could arise. Right. I mean, they had talked about fires in the towers and, and how they would deal with getting people out, which, exactly. you, you know, which stations are going to respond, which units from which stations they had equipped them appropriately to respond to a hundred story building on fire. Um, and, and I think the, the great value and, and people that have been listening to the show for a couple of weeks, cause we've spent a lot of time over the past couple of weeks talking about what the future holds, being able to forecast the future. Right. And, and you and I talked a little bit about this. We got an election coming up. You got candidate A could win, candidate B could win, neither could win. There's at least three p- potential outcomes. What does that mean to your customer? Right. Not me, my business. What does it mean to my customer? As a and I just I love using the coffee shop example, so we'll keep going on that. I might be able to, you know, put everything in the back of a truck or on a trailer and drive around town like the ice cream man delivering coffee, right? 
But if my customer, if my market is too anxious about current events, are they going to want to buy? If they if they've been furloughed or laid off, are they going to keep? You know, are they going to buy coffee from me? Or are they going to make coffee at home? So we have to think through the impact to our customer, probably even more so than the impact to us, because we can come up with a perfect plan. I'll put it in the back of a food truck and drive around. Great plan, right? Mm-hmm. But if we fail to look at what the impact is to our market, then it, that's all for naught. I think that what you just described is, is I, do, should I say more important? I'm going to go ahead and say it. More yeah. important than worrying about what you're doing for your business because you can do the, the ice cream coffee shop idea, but if no one's running out in the middle of the street for a coffee, cup of coffee, then you just spend all that time for naught. Right. Right. So what is it that the clients desire? But you can think about what happens if all the coffee in the world disappears and I'm a coffee shop. How do I keep myself open? You can come up with all these contingency plans for how to keep your business open. But the real thing that keeps your business open is customers. Right. And without somebody paying you money, what else, what, what is that? You've, you've got nothing but a hobby. So now you have to ask yourself, okay, well, what happens in the future? This is a great opportunity for them to start having conversations with the employees, business owners, partners, whoever is, you have, has invested interest in your coffee shop. You need to be talking to them like, okay, what happens if everybody loses their jobs and they can't afford coffee? People are still drinking coffee. They're just now drinking it at home because they think it's cheaper. Right. So can you grind up your own beans and deliver coffee bags to those people? It, you're going to make less money, but you're going to make some money, right? Right? Can you can you bake the pastries and take them to the house and sell them fifty percent cheaper so people still at least buy them? Like, there are ways. It's just, are you willing to step into those ways? Are you so fixed mindsetted into what you're already been doing? So that the and you you touched on a great word there, fixed mindset. How how does a fixed mindset? What does a fixed mindset look? To, look like on a business owner? Anytime, uh, anyone, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a normal person and you say, I can't, I won't, I never have, I don't know anything with a negative connotation to it is a fixed mindset. And one of my, one of my most famous speeches is the power of yet, where you just simply say, I don't know yet. How are you going to keep the coffee shop alive? I don't know. I've never, I don't know is a fixed mindset. Growth mindset says, I don't know yet. Right. So what it, what it might look like to an entrepreneur or business owner is anytime that they basically just say, I don't know, this is we've always just opened up the doors and people come in. So I don't know how we're going to keep it open. That's the beginning stages of a fixed mindset. A growth mindset says, I don't know how we're going to keep the doors open yet, but we're going to figure it out. And it's the moment you think that there are no more options, that it is just the way that it is. And this is the way we've always done it. And think about those people who disrupt these industries the way that they do. They had a growth mindset and said, yes, this is how it's always been done, but let's go ahead and break the model a little bit and let's see if we can make it better. Right. Next thing you know, Uber and Airbnb show up because they think the hotel industry and the taxi cab industry have a lot of changes that should be made. And I think any entrepreneur who just says, okay, I don't know how to do it differently yet, but let's sit down and let's think about that. That is the opening of the door to a growth mindset. No, I, I, I mean, Uber is a great example, right? I mean, you had taxis that are, you know, city chartered. Um, I mean, you're you're really in in a lot of cases the the drivers are union drivers. I mean, you you got a lot of uphill battles to face. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a New York City medallion. I mean, right. you're talking about having to mortgage that like a house. Right, and, and so that's a that's going to be a tough haul, right? But they still did it, right? They if you're if you're committed to serving a market. 
then you find a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, um, so then the opposite of a fixed mindset is a growth mindset where you're open to new ideas. Yes. And, and that new idea might be something radically different than what you're doing today. Yeah, you could completely switch from doing coffee to to doing, I don't know, fresh water and delivering toilet paper. I mean, it doesn't have to, you've already got the supply chain in line. You've already, you've already figured out how to open up a business and hire employees and do things like that. So why not just shift it a little bit? You know, this is one of the reasons why so many businesses get locked into what they're doing and then they ultimately end up failing because they don't realize a 1% tweak could drastically change the course of their river and you can have a growth mindset when it comes to let's say the gym i go to the gym i lift weights my muscles will get bigger but then you can have a fixed mindset when it comes to your business nope i sell coffee and that's all i've ever done and that's all i ever do so you can be fixed in growth in your life and so I, i i hesitate for people to think well if i'm fixed in this i'm fixed in everything that is not the case ever right we have a great example of that here locally we have breweries and distilleries when this started and you could not find hand sanitizer anywhere they just shut down their line started making hand sanitizer they already had all the the raw materials they needed they had the packaging they had the distribution they're like yeah we can do this and that's what they did right they that's awesome the breweries and distilleries started making hand sanitizer yeah that is genius talk about thinking outside the box that is not even anywhere near the same product right we're going to have to talk about that after another break, though. What is it with these time clocks? <laughs> We're going to take another quick break. We'll be back to continue this conversation with Jesse Mogul right here on Talk Radio for Entrepreneurs. I dare you to leave. Hey, folks, welcome back to Talk Radio for Entrepreneurs. My name is Tom Rigsby. Sitting across the table from me today, Jesse Mogul. Glad, glad you are here today. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this. This yeah. is awesome. That's more, more the, of this. The bad part is the clock. The we're we're going to rapidly run out of time here. We might have to do an overtime session today. We could, we could. Um, <clears throat> okay, so we when we talk about how first we we have to be open minded that that things might happen that are outside of our control. We brainstorm through some of those things like candidate A, candidate B, or neither. Right. Um what do we do then? I mean, do we just check that box and say, all right, I've thought through the possibilities. I'm good now. Don't have to worry about this anymore. Well, maintaining flexibility in anything that you do is of the utmost important. And as coaches, we both realize that behavioral, emotional, and identity level flexibility are what we ultimately end up running into with so many clients. So you can think through the scenarios. You can even choose which one. And I mean, then you need to start taking action towards the decision that you've made while still keeping in mind that all those other decisions at any point in time could come up. And the beauty of it is, is that you've thought through them. Behavioral flexibility is, you know, you take that action step, but it doesn't mean that that's the only step you'll take. And by thinking through them, they're not a surprise. That's to me the most important part. I mean, Nick Saban, coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, can't think of every single possible scenario when he's preparing for the Missouri game yesterday. But at the same time, he's thought through a lot. And any scenario that comes up, he's like, because he already knows how to think through different scenarios. When a new scenario comes up, he at least already has the the strategy in place to just think through new scenarios. Right. It doesn't have to be the same scenario. Well, this is like scenario X. We just, we run that plan, right? And as we were saying before, um, 
we might not have known that that a a pandemic or a health crisis was going to start in February or March of 2020, but we had every indication that there would be one. Okay. What I loved what you said earlier, or maybe it was just now. I don't know, but let's run with this. We didn't know there was a pandemic coming, but ice storms come and tornadoes come. And what happens when that goes down? Electricity gets shut off. Your customers get locked in their houses. Life isn't normal. The normal way of life no longer exists until we can get things repaired and back up and running. So in a way, we'd already seen a pandemic come. It was just much smaller and much more concentrated. So great example. I had a client at one time that um, was a manufacturing facility and their facility was especially susceptible to lightning. So they put in this elaborate weather system where they could get data from, which now you can just get over the internet. Um, but so they could get this, uh, information updated in real time so they could see where the closest lightning strike was. And they had information from, you know, their consultant that said lightning will travel a maximum of seven miles from cloud to ground. Right. So as soon as you see a lightning strike inside of seven miles, shut down the plant. Now, when he first said that, I was like, wow, that's pretty extreme. Shut down the plant. And he's like, yeah, but if we get struck by lightning while we're up and running, we'll be down for a month. I'd rather be down for an hour than for a month. Okay. Yeah, I can get my head wrapped around that. Mm-hmm. But we, we look at those. We tend to look at those things and like, oh, I can't shut down for an hour. That's ridiculous. Okay. Well, you're going to be down for a month then. Um, and Was it a stitch in time saves nine? Yeah. And so just by thinking through what those possibilities might be, then they're not a surprise. Yes. And we're not having to react from not having to react right from fear. We can proactively act, uh, you know, execute with intention and say, well, well, we plan for this particular scenario. This is pretty close to what's happening. Let's implement plan 11. Right. Yes. I think this is what makes us so, so I mean, I'm going to sort of pat ourselves on the back here. I think this is what makes us so good at our jobs, right? Like the, the questions you and I ask, other people have put words in the same order as we have. But what we do with that information that the client brings back to us and what we show them that they can start preparing for and all the different scenarios, it doesn't overwhelm them anymore. It actually makes things so much easier. It's like planning out your day. Your day doesn't seem overwhelming when it's planned. Even if you have to skip a meeting or you have to push something off, at least you had a plan in place. And moving around a plan, there's a flexibility that comes from that that gives you confidence that, well, I had a plan, so good. Tomorrow I'll have a different plan. But if you had no plan at all for your day and then all of a sudden all these little fires are brought to you by your employees, then you might feel chaos because you never even thought about a contingency plan for a plan that never even existed. Right. Um, the, the, our time has almost run out here. Well, <laughs> I, I want It's a bummer. I know. I want to give people uh, an opportunity to find out more about you. How do they do that if they want to find out more about Jesse Mogul? You can find me at jessemogul.com, um, at jessemogul on Instagram, at from sobriety to recovery on Instagram. If you know anyone who has an addiction problem that they'd love to be able to cover and hear some really amazing information about at from sobriety to recovery, the podcast is there. I'm a firm believer that we're all addicted to something. If you doubt me, just look at that little electronic device that's always in your hand and tell me that if that thing were to disappear, you wouldn't lose it. Um, College Success Habits is another amazing podcast. I talk about leadership and and emotional intelligence. Uh, Those are some of the best ways. You can always just email me at jesse at jessemogul.com. I mean, you know, I think if you Google Jesse Mogul, I'm the only one on the planet. Yeah. If you say I looked for you and couldn't find you, then I know you didn't really try. (laughs) You didn't try very hard. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, well, I appreciate you being here. I always enjoy it. Um, we, we, we might have to do a little bit of overtime here. Um, we're going to come up on, we're going to take this next break. Uh, be sure and stick around with me for the wrap up. I'll let you know about overtime where you can find that. Uh, but for now, refill that cup of coffee, come back and join us to wrap things up here on talk radio for entrepreneurs right after this. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. This uh, said show is Talk Radio for Entrepreneurs. My name is Tom Rigsby. Let's, uh, it, it's always fun when Jesse gets to, to be here and, uh, and we, can, we can talk and record. Um, sorry he couldn't be in the studio with me today, but I think that we got some great information out. So let's figure out what to do. Uh, information by itself is not very useful. We need some application. We need some integration into what we do every day and we covered some of it there in that last segment what do you do what once you've once you've thought through all the possibilities and, and we started the show off by talking about how we have to compete in the market right no matter how good we do as an individual or how good our business does it still has to compete in this market that's defined by competition the economy sometimes regulation which we've all been party to that regulation this year it's been fun hasn't it you know, a lot of times we we get so focused on what I have to do that we sometimes we forget about the context that we're doing it in. So this year, 2020 has been a great reminder that uh, context matters and that um, it's not always up to just you. So now that we've kind of thought through that, we've, we've got some six months or so of hindsight to look back at. What do we do going forward? I mean, that's the real question, right? How, how can I use this to finish 2020 strong and launch into 2021, make it the best year ever, right? Well, first, and just one of the things we were talking about there in the last segment, think through what the different possibles are. What, what are the, the possible results? And I use the example a, a couple of times because it's a great one, right? We've got an election going on. You got candidate A, candidate B. Either one of them could win, or personally, what I think is more likely, neither is going to win and get tied up in court for a while. So there'll be this stalemate. Well, what's that going to do? So this is thinking about the possibilities, right? What happens if um, if the COVID resurges? What happens if you know lockdowns are reimplemented or, or even tighter this time? Right? What what are those possibilities? And then most importantly, not what it means to you. Oh, no, 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 not you. What does it mean to your customer? See, if we start putting ourselves in our customer's shoes, we can do like Gretzky said, and we can skate to where the puck's going to be, right? And then you're already there. When they realize that, that they've had, that, that they have an issue, you're already there. So think through this with me, okay? If you are a restaurant or a coffee shop or um, something that, that normally requires your customers to come in and sit down, right? If you had thought about this last year, so, okay, let, let's say just for the sake of argument, let's go this crazy, crazy idea that maybe something's going to happen so we can't have people come in and sit down. What would we do? If you'd gone through that process this time last year, you would have been ready for the COVID, even though you didn't know the COVID was coming. You would have been ready for it. You would have had a plan in place. Oh, this is what we talked about last November. 
let's start working on implementing that plan. So just think through the possibilities, what the impact is to your customer, then start looking at what you can do. Because look, our job is solving problems for other people and hopefully we do that at a profit, right? If, if you can do that, you, you'll have an amazing business that will provide the life and lifestyle of your dreams. That, I mean, that's, that's what we're all here for, right? Find that freedom. <laughs> we'll probably, we might talk about freedom next week. Um, so, so just, just put some time and effort into thinking through those things. Just the act of thinking through them will make their impact less, even if you take no action. But if you double up on it, take action also, you're going to be unstoppable. <clears throat> if you would like help wa walking through that process, working through it, maybe coming up with some of the scenarios, working through plans, man, that's what I do all day, every day. I would love to help you do that. You can find me over at TomRigsby.com slash coaching, TomRigsby.com slash coaching. Uh, our overtime is going to be over there also. Uh, just head over to the, the we, we have more, uh, more with Jesse. So if you're interested in hearing that, Go over to TomRigsby.com slash overtime. TomRigsby.com slash overtime. Speaking of time, <clears throat> my time here this week is up. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the weekend. Be sure and stay tuned with Matt and Ken coming up next. And I'll be back here to visit you with more talk radio for entrepreneurs next Saturday. You guys have a great week. I will talk to you then. Hey, folks. Uh, Tom Rigsby here. Jesse and I just couldn't finish. So there's there's still more to cover here. Thanks for joining us for overtime. Um, while I was getting the recording set up, you were saying uh, that, that drawing a parallel between tornadoes and the pandemic. Right. So for those of you out there who own a business, realize you've already dealt with the pandemic in one way or another. Let's look at tornadoes and ice storms. Those come, they might knock out and disrupt your business for a month. All right. So that's one month and you realize that things will get back to normal after that month and you can move on. So in a way, let's draw the parallel to the pandemic. It's just an ice storm or a tornado whose effects are felt for six months or nine months down the road. So when you start to think about, well, I don't want to plan for a pandemic. Fine. Don't plan for the pandemic. Plan for a nine month ice storm. And what would you do? to keep your business running if a nine-month ice storm happened. And don't worry about how absurd that sounds. Just boom, go. Come up right. with a plan. Right. I mean, what we have seen, um, history is a good indicator of, it doesn't guarantee future performance, but it's a pretty good indicator, right? And we have seen now over the last six months that, um, that, that governments can, even with the best of intentions, do great harm to our ability to to conduct commerce. So, so whether it's an ice storm, um, which you know, kind of act of God thing, or whether it's a pandemic, and we we are genuinely trying to be safe and still be you know quote unquote normal, um, things happen. Right. I, I use the example a lot of you know. You mentioned Nick Saban a few minutes ago, how, you know, he might practice for a whole year, put in, you know, do a whole game plan, recruit, recruit players two or three years or four years before they're ready to, to join the team and then show up for the game. And there's baseball field there. Well, okay. This is the team you brought, right? Are you, are you going to play? Or are you going to quit now? 
you know, just extending the coffee shop example, this is the team you have, right? You've got baristas, you've got the, the espresso machine, you got coffee, you got raw materials, you got cups, you got people who are already used to doing business with you. You can play the game on the new field or you can choose to quit. In both cases, those are choices. Yes. Right? Choice points. And those choices will have consequences. And you can say six months from now, yeah, I had to shut down my business because the government wouldn't let anybody come in. And I would say, well, why is that coffee shop still open? Right. Because they made a different choice than you did. Right. And you can say, well, I couldn't sell furniture, but Walmart and Home Depot and all those could still sell furniture. It's unfair and and it cost me my livelihood. Yeah, it probably did. Is there another furniture store that survived? Because if they are, then they are existence proof that it was possible if you made the right choices. Right. Jocko Willink's got a great line, which the first time I read it, I was like, no, it's not right. But the more I study it and the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced it's true. It's true. There are no bad teams, only bad leaders. Right. If your guy, you know, fails to pay the utility bill and the lights get turned off. Right. If, if that, you know, your accountant fails to do that, you can say, well, I've got a terrible accountant. Or I will say, yeah, why didn't you make sure the light bill was paid? Yes. Right? I mean, and and that's mindset, right? That is me accepting responsibility for the consequences of my choices. I chose to let the accountant have all responsibility for making sure the bills were paid and not to follow up behind him. And he missed one. And now the lights are off. Yes. That's on me. How, How can, I mean, you can stand here and try to blame somebody else and make excuses, but that's just BS. I, I, as they say around here, that dog don't hunt. <laughs> well, and, and you know, let's go back to that furniture store scenario. You could say, well, they stayed open because they had more capital. They had more in their bank account. This, this is information that we're not aware of. We don't even know if that's true. Your mind reading, you're basically trying to come up with reasons why they were successful and you weren't. And if we want to go back to the Alabama coaching idea, there are a ton of five-star players that go all over the country and you never hear of them again, but they come to Alabama and there's a consistency there. It's because the leadership is is that good. There's never a doubt that they are going to be at least contending for a title. LSU is like the government. They'll have some good years, but most of the time they're just sort of ho-hum and you don't expect much from them. And you want to be Alabama in this scenario and not LSU. And you want to realize that there are, you need to have, you need to be able to take anybody and turn them into a great employee. You need to be able to foster leaders. And regardless if they had a 4.0 in high school or college or not, or a 2.0, Nick Saban will make them all, all pros and they'll all get drafted. Whereas right. some, some people will just, they'll take a great player and you'll never hear from them again. And, and by the way, he has the highest graduation percentage of, it's like uh, more in the nineties. It's crazy. Yeah. And I noticed yesterday watching the game, one of the players, uh, so now that's a little hint that when we're recording this, uh, I I saw one of the players had the graduate um, patch sewed on his jersey, but he's a junior by eligibility. Right, that's nuts. That's crazy. And, And the vast majority of them, he knows. See, this is another example of planning ahead. And I, you know, I get in trouble when I harp on Alabama and Nick Saban too much. But he knows that the good ones are not going to be there for four years. So he puts them in a program with a tutor to help them get their degree before they leave. 
Yes. Because he also knows that the likelihood of them coming back is very slim. Right. And, and, and I understand that. I mean, I, I get it. Right. So he wants to make sure that they're not just making good football players. They're making good human beings. Well, because right. you don't know what the future is going to hold. Eddie Lacy, I, I thought this was an Alabama market, so I just that's why I keep harping on them. Is this also there are some Auburn Tigers out there that are going to get furious with all these scenarios that we keep painting up with Saban? No, it's usually my wife that, that oh, gives me well, a hard okay. time about that, it. That's just hammered at home. Let's go to Eddie Lacy. <laughs> the guy was a, was a Mac Daddy in college. He didn't have much tread on his tires. He gets into the pros, and after a while, he washes out. You know, after a handful of seasons, he guy had a degree. He had things in place that would make sure that he could still be successful beyond that. I think that's, you know, what is it that a small business owner can be thinking about as far as building up leaders? What if you do want to grow your business and in, in order to do that, you need to be able to step outside of the day-to-day -day stuff and you need somebody else to take over it so you can go open up another coffee shop. Well, if you've developed zero leaders amongst your employees, now you're having to go outside of it, which means that you're finding somebody outside of the culture who doesn't necessarily jibe with the way that you believe a business should be run. Whereas you could have been taking that, you know, high school graduate and growing them from a barista all the way up to the general manager. And now you can go off and open five more coffee shops, which gives you a much better uh, propensity for success if a nine month ice storm were to come around. Right. I, I like um, the Atlanta Braves for this example, not the current. The good ones from back when the we good ones 18th, from the 90s. Yeah. 18 straight pennants. So they invested when Shearholtz was there, right? They invested in building a farm system that produced an almost endless supply of next great players. It was right? pretty fantastic. It I was amazing. That. One year in there, the Florida Marlins, I can't remember the, the owner's name. But Wayne Heizinga. Heizinga, that's right. Blockbuster failure. Yeah. So that tells you a lot about the Marlins. Well, so he decided to, to basically buy a championship. And he went out and bought and bought a team of all-stars. And they won. They, they won did. a World Series. Great. Next year, you know, they were scraping chewing gum off the sidewalk for everybody else because he couldn't keep paying them. He just wanted to say, hey, we won a World Series. Right? He was, in his mind, I don't know if he said this out loud in the moment, but he's won the World Series. Well, I can buy that. You know, it's like, well, I, I want to make a million dollars. Why? Because I want to fly on a private jet. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do that. You need $10,000 and, right. you know, and you can do that. Um, but be honest with the result that you're trying to create. Shearholtz was trying to create dominance for decades and was successful, right? With a bunch of players that nobody knew their name. Mm -hmm. And right away and then when they got big and if they could afford to keep them on the payroll they did and if they couldn't they let them go I could go right back to the LSU Alabama thing you know you can't always expect Joe Burrow to transfer from Ohio State to LSU to win you a national championship and here we go LSU loses the first game out the gate and now all of a sudden you're like okay right back to where you used to be you'll go 9-3 and three, or you'll go 10-2 and two, and you'll definitely lose to Alabama and Alabama is the Atlanta Braves in this situation right. they've always got talent they're bringing up and therefore they're always going to be successful so how can we draw this as a, a parallel to entrepreneurship you can buy yourself success for a year but but can you buy yourself continued success for decades? Right. That's what really a business well, needs. Well, and, and maybe this is a, a different perspective to take on it. 
anybody can do well when the economy is roaring. Who right. can do well when it's roaring because it's on fire, right? It's burning yes. down, right? Um, the, and, and as I said, you know, a couple of months ago, in, as we were three or four months into this, into the COVID, you know, if your business was doing well and it was well-structured and well-managed and you were being a good leader before the COVID, you're fine. If you were having trouble before the COVID, you're having trouble now, oh, yeah. and it's greatly amplified. If all that, mo- if, if because the economy was roaring, just tons of money was falling on every business. Money can be that duct tape that holds your business together, even though the the ship is technically sinking. Right. But as soon as all that money dries up and you have no more duct tape, your your boat's going to go down. Right? right. Whereas a business that is thinking ahead and is well managed and, and has it goes back to that scenario we were talking about yesterday, where if the the employees all owned the business and they decided, well, all the revenue, all the profits, we're just going to take as pay and they didn't have anything in the back of the house in case of an emergency well boom there your business went up and up in smoke right so you you have to just be thinking through all of these different scenarios and again you've already dealt with it guys whether it's a tornado whether it's an ice storm whether it's a fire whether it's social uh what are the social things Unrest. going right, right all this uprising in the world today it's you've already felt some sort of quake in your boots and you figured out a way through that now let's start looking at that as a real long-term solution now the thing i want to come back around to because i don't want to lose sight of this and and I want to try and get this in before we wrap up over time is putting ourselves in the shoes of our customers. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. It's one thing for me to say, okay, I've got to structure my business so that I survive no matter what happens. Great. I, and I, I think that's what we're advocating that you do, but you do that not by thinking about what no customers coming in means to you and your cash flow. We know what that means, (laughs) right? It means, uh, failure, right? But what do the circumstances mean to your customer and how can you, and how do they feel about that? And how can you still be responsive to their wants, needs, and desires under a new set of circumstances? Right. I mean, yeah. Go back to the football and baseball example. Football fans will come with, you know, a jacket and a beanie on and baseball fans come with shorts and T-shirt on. Right. That they're completely unprepared for for what they find there. How can we practice putting ourselves in the mind of our customers so that we know what the customer feels about a given scenario and then. As Wayne Gretzky said, I don't skate to where the puck is. I skate to where it's going to be. How do we do that? And and by thinking about the customer, put ourselves where they're going to be before they get there. So when they realize they have an issue, we're already there. Yes. When you asked me that, when I told you that I was putting together this really great program for realtors, you're like, okay, well, let's start asking what's the market going to look like in a year. And, and being prepared for where the puck will be. Because right now the market is going mad all over the country and at some point it's going to either stall out or just completely collapse. All the, it, It's gonna be 2008, 2009, perhaps, perhaps all over again. And then I started thinking in my head, I'm like, what would I tell a furniture owner, right? So the pandemic goes down, ice storm goes down, tornado goes down. Nobody's looking to buy couches. They don't have a ton of money. They're all they're all sort of hoarding that. And so the couch that they wanted to buy, they decide not to buy. And at the same time with the pandemic, everyone was getting $600 checks for the most part. So there was money. Somebody could have bought a new couch if they wanted to. So I, I don't. I wonder, what would you say to that furniture owner? Like, oh, I had to close my doors for six months and no one could come in and buy. In my head, I'm like, okay, well, there could have been newspaper ads. You still could have had them look at the couch 
couches. Now you could take the couches outside at least and have them walk around in the parking lot and look at and sit on the couches. You could have delivered the couches to them. There, 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 there still would have been a way. I don't know. If, I would probably have to sit down with the furniture owner and figure out what they thought their clients needed. Uh, and I think that's where you do such a great job of sitting down with somebody and saying, have you really thought about what the customer is going through right now. Right. So let's figure out what they're going through. And then we can figure out once you take care of what they're going through, any problem you have will be solved by you taking care of your client. So the, the, the answer to this can come across as predatory. So I want to be really careful with the answer. Right. But there are, I'm just going to blame it on used car dealers or even car dealers who will help you cash your income tax refund check. Right. Come in, we'll take we'll take that check as a down payment on a new car, right? That's a little predatory in my mind. Uh, so to say, hey, bring your twelve hundred dollar stimulus check in here, and we'll get you know we'll get that kitchen remodel done for you. But you know what we saw develop was the the longer that people stayed at home, the more they got unhappy with their surroundings, and and the more comfortable they got in you know, what the day-to-day was going to look like, they were willing to spend a little bit of money. Way back last November, a year ago, I told people that the end of 2020 was going to be a tight year fiscally because it's an election year. There's uncertainty about the result, and uncertainty causes people to contract. They, they, They close off, and they wait to see what the result is. Doesn't matter what the result is. Once they know the result, then they open back up, right? So um, I, I think a great example would be a client that I have who does IT support, right? They provide IT support to companies. Well, when everybody had to stay at home, everybody started working remotely, his demand changed. The whole demand profile changed. Now, instead of being able to go to one place and handle a dozen different issues, he had a dozen different issues in a dozen different locations because people were at home. They were trying to dial in. They couldn't get connected. The VPN didn't work. The company hadn't hadn't scoped or scaled the VPN system to support that many remote users. There's all kinds of issues. So, so his support model changed, and he put together a, a work-at-home package that said, okay, here's a laptop, uh, a, a, an adequate modem, an adequate router, and a, a hardware VPN so that you can protect your data moving back and forth. And we did a video to explain how to install it. And then if you've watched the, if you get the package, you watch the video um, and you still have trouble, then call me because once that VPN is connected to your internet, I can remote in and I can help you from here, right? That's a, a complete remodel mm-hmm. of, the, of their business based on the change in demand. Right? And it was based on listening to the customer. And I think that's that's kind of the important point to me is that we can guess what the customer wants. And, and by putting ourselves in the customer's shoes and trying to figure out what their problem is, that's, that's guessing. We can do that. Or we can just ask. What's, what's your number one issue? Solve that, and then, okay, now what's your number one issue? Now that one's taken care and out of the way. Now what's your number one issue? Then solve that, and then go to the next one, right? And I think the more we practice doing that, the better we get, even when times are good, 
at being responsive to what the customer wants. You want another quick story and then we'll, we'll start wrapping things up here. Um, you've traveled a lot around the country, Publix grocery stores here, right? They're really, really, really good at asking you when you go to check out, did you find everything you were looking for today? You will not check out and they don't ask you that question. And if you say, well, I was looking for so-and-so, but I couldn't, I couldn't find it. They'll stop what they're doing and call somebody over there to find out if you have it. And if, if they have it, and if they don't, they'll order it. It'll be back there on the will call shelf in the back corner in three days. They, you didn't, you don't even have to ask them to do that. They'll say, did you find everything? Well, let me get that for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, they probably send somebody down aisle 11 for you. So you don't even have to yes. leave. Yeah. Or yeah. If they come over and say, well, you know, Tom was looking for, you know, coconut milk, but couldn't find it. Oh, that's over on aisle 11. Let me go. You want one box or two. Let me go run, get some of that for you. And they'll go get it, bring it back. Right. I mean, and that's the, that to me, that's the example because the one that's closest to where we live, there's a Publix and then uh, diagonally across the intersection is a Walmart super center, right? Big grocery store over there, Publix right over here. Both parking lots are always full. Why is that? How can they both be full if they both sell the same thing? Well, they, yes, they cater to little diff, uh, to markets that differ a little, right? But one is way more interested in price and the other one is way more interested in making sure you get what you want. And, and okay, so now two stories. I went to Walmart um, once. The granddaughter was getting ready to go back to school. She needed a lunchbox. So I went over there to get one, 9 o'clock at night, night before school started. I asked the guy at the door, I'm looking for lunchboxes. And he said, okay. Well, do you know where they are? And he's like, no. But let me look it up. So he pulled his phone out, punched it up on his phone and said, they're on aisle 73, section B. I was like, okay, great. Where is that? And he said, um, I don't know. It's over in that direction somewhere. <laughs> well, I could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So that, I mean, that's just a, the, the example of how they're different, right? Well, if I'm, if I'm willing to sacrifice some of the customer service for price, I can go to Walmart. If I, if I want the, the great experience, I can go to Publix. Um, but it's, it's about listening to your guest or listening to your clients and answering the problem that they present. I think that if you can do that, what, and, and here's the key, whatever the customer thinks the problem is, yes, that's the problem, right? It doesn't matter if you're smarter than they are and you're like, well, no, that's not really the problem. It's really the problem is you can't make a decision. Okay. We'll get there. But what they think is the problem is the problem. Well, you know, what I love in that scenario is it's like, not everything is based on price. Not everything to some people is based on customer service. You can go into the stinky feed store and it's okay that it, that it looks like that and smells like that because you're getting products there that you can't find anywhere else. And you're willing to sacrifice a pleasant smelling environment in order to get something that is very unique that you desire. Right. 
this is what entrepreneurs can be thinking about. You don't always have to have the lowest price if your customer service is above and beyond that of rapport. I, I tell this about people who want to build websites. GoDaddy has, to me, the best customer service in the industry. Sure, it can be cheaper at the, uh, their competitors, but mm-hmm. whenever you call their competitors, there ain't nobody answering. Right. So do you want to save yourself an extra $40 a year or even $10 a year? Or do you want to be able to call up GoDaddy at any point? They're not even sponsoring us. I'm just simply saying, I've got all my friends using them because their customer service is beyond reproach. And so that's the kind of business that you should have out there, guys. You should have a business where the customer service is so phenomenal that if you want to charge an extra 25 cents for a cup of coffee, like that's it. You don't have to beat Starbucks's prices. You have to just beat them in customer service. And that's seriously is just like saying the person's name right on the coffee cup. And I don't know, smiling and asking people how their day is. Did you find everything you like? Automatically makes Publix a better place to shop in terms of customer service compared to Walmart. Well, yeah. And what does Walmart do? Not that we're bashing on Walmart, but I guess I am. It's easy to do that. They're pushing everybody (laughs) to do your own checkout. Right. That area now is humongous, right? right? In, in, in the area, where, and then it's like they on purposely have very few, it's like a Home Depot. They have so few employees, it's like they just want you wandering around the aisles. Whereas at Lowe's, you got people stalking you. Can I help you find it? Can I help you find it? I just learned that during the pandemic because we both were near our house and we went to Home Depot looking for a grill and you could, they, if we'd have been on fire, I don't think they would have cared. Whereas Lowe's had like two people showing me different things and getting on the phone and finding stuff. So Walmart doesn't even want to bother with you and Publix is literally willing to order you things specifically for you that nobody else cares about. Is your business like that or is your business like Walmart? Because at some point people are going to get tired of only getting the cheapest and they're going to start wanting customer service and it only takes one time to wander around a Walmart looking for something stupid for 20 minutes before you just go to Amazon and order it there and wait two days. And now Walmart's just lost me as a customer, perhaps forever. Well, and they're actually moving to that model, right? So they are turning their super centers into regional, uh, regional, you know, like city distribution centers. So I can order it and have it delivered. They even have a, a prime killer option, right? So I don't remember, it's like $79 a year unlimited free delivery and same day. And that, and that, you know, that's a choice point. That business is making a choice to compete with Amazon and not Publix. Well, and there you go, because I know we're going to be wrapping up soon. We've mentioned Choice Point a couple of times. When Tom and I were talking about it the other day, it was very much based on the idea of cause and effect because a, because of, because uh, because my I, I hit snooze four times, I was late to work. And you got to start winding it back to the choice point that caused you to hit snooze four times. Well, why did you go? Yeah, you, you, I mean, you can say traffic was terrible, right? Right, but you could have Google Maps it, and you would never have been late. Oh, right, or but if you'd gotten up thirty minutes earlier, left the house thirty minutes earlier, you could have dealt with traffic fluctuations. Or I know in metros. It, even 10 minutes can make a huge, huge difference, difference. <laughs> between you know, so but you know let's let's wind it back a little bit here it's like okay so um could have gotten up 30 minutes earlier i would love to have but i'm tired okay well then why why what were time you tired you go to bed? right time did you go to bed well i didn't go to bed till midnight what time did you want to go to bed 10 why did you stay up late i was in an argument with my girlfriend okay why were you in an argument with your girlfriend you can keep guys you can keep winding this back to a uh, 50 choice points at some point it will become a little absurd and so you just want to pump the brakes on that and say okay what can i do in the future 
future to make sure that this is no longer an issue, right? Don't start a fight with your girlfriend so you had to be on the phone with her till midnight, right? Like you can start, and these choice points are extremely important because they're your choice points and not anybody else's. So blaming others for your predicament is how you release your power. That's fixed mindset. That's not growth mindset. Now you honestly should just call us up for a consultation because you you really need us. <laughs> we can we can help with that. We can help with all of that. We've been what, there, done that. What did you say the other day? Coaches don't have it all figured out. We're just really good at making plans and strategizing for the potentiality of conflicts, problems, and then coming up with a resolution for them. We don't, yeah. I, what is that? Yeah, Tony Robbins, he's got 99 problems too. They're just different from mine and he's working through his way more rapidly. Right. Most people end up, you have 50,000 thoughts a day and studies have shown that 45,000 of those thoughts each day are the same as the day before. Well, why is that? Like let's there's because you're not letting them go. Well, your 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 daughter wants to sit there and look at look on the online for shoes for three weeks because one set of shoes for a kid's thirty bucks and another one's thirty five bucks. You have literally just spent all that mental energy for three weeks thinking about five dollar difference in shoes. Right. Or you could just get the shoes bought and move on to the next problem. Well, then I'll share this example and then we'll wrap up. I have a client who is dealing with hiring a, uh, a sales leader for the company who legitimately could add one to $2 million in revenue to the business. But, but they're having difficulty overcoming the salary demand. Like, well, but it's proportional to the impact, right? Just because it's at a in, at a scale that you're uncomfortable with doesn't mean it's not appropriate, right? Um, and, and if you want to, and this is why a lot of businesses stall, right? Is because I get really comfortable dealing with my, um, you know, my ten and twelve dollar an hour employees, and I'll go way out on the limb and pay somebody twenty bucks, right? Uh, but you, you know, paying somebody six figures a year, I, I, don't, I don't know if we can deal with that. Well if you need them and they're going to produce a result, why not? What's the holdup? The only holdup is just like the bank perception, right? The, the, the only holdup is my mental obstacle that I'm throwing down in front of myself. Right. I mean, I would say for that small business owner, do you want to have 20 employees that you're paying 15 bucks an hour that sort of kind of care about your business, but wouldn't mind calling in sick because, hey, what do they care? It's only 15 bucks an hour. Or you want to have five employees that you're paying 50 bucks an hour. I promise you those five employees, they will go above and beyond every single day. They'll they'll do five things at once. They'll dust underneath the cash register. They'll be so happy to impress you because you are willing to bestow upon them $50 an hour. Now, that might sound absurd, but I'll tell you what, the businesses that pay their employees above and beyond get above and beyond service from their employees. And talk about a way to wow your customers, have your employees be willing to go out there and wow them. You won't need 20 employees at 15 bucks an hour. Your five at 50 bucks an hour, well, you, it'll blow your mind. And I know that sounds absurd, but it should, and you should do it. Yeah. You should think about that kind of thing. Jesse, thanks a bunch for being here. Yeah, we're going to get you on my podcast after this. It's time we continue to talk. We're just yeah. going to talk for the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, one more time before we go, how do people find you? 
jessemogul.com. You can Google Jesse Mogul. I'm the only one on the planet. If you can't find me, you haven't tried hard enough. Uh, at Jesse Mogul on Instagram, at From Sobriety to Recovery on Instagram. And of course, if you like podcasts, which you should, they're amazing. Just search Jesse Mogul in any one of the apps that you listen to podcasts in, College Success Habits, and From Sobriety to Recovery will pop up. Uh, jessemogul.com. I am there. If you need assistance, hop over to Instagram, hit my bio link, and you can register for a 30-minute clarity call. Mm -hmm. I use the word clarity because Tom does too. Clarity, confidence, and control. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, brother.